We haven't entirely nailed down what element it is yet, but I'll tell you this, it's a lively one. Let's give your parents a call right now. Hello, welcome to episode number 60 of Gaming with the Moms. My name is Nicole Tanner. I am managing editor at Pixelkin.org and the mother of a four-year-old. I am joined by fellow mom and publisher of Pixelkin, Linda Brenneman. Oh, we're up to 60. That's cool. We are up to 60. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I haven't sunk your ship yeah. yet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. And of course, as always, we have our dad, Stephen Dutzman, who is editor and founder of Engaged Family Gaming. Hi, Stephen. Hi, Nicole. How are you? <laughs> okay. How are you? I'm, I'm feeling great. I, I appreciate the inflection this week. It wasn't <laughs> downturn. Like, it didn't sound like you were disappointed that I was on your podcast. <laughs> right. so last week, neutral. it was a little bit like, yeah, well, exactly. I mean, I don't expect you to be excited that I'm around, um, <laughs> but, I, but I would hope that you would at least be somewhat neutral at this point. No, I'm very happy that you're here, honestly. Me too. I mean, who who would I have to argue with, honestly, <laughs> if you weren't here? I mean, Simone left, so yeah. I had to find someone to replace you needed her. Another, you, so you, you deliberately chose another like another person to troll you endlessly? Yes. All right, yeah. that's fair. Yes, and, and for me to troll as well. That's fair. It's a two-way street it's there. It's definitely a two-way street. <laughs> But, um, you know, it's definitely, it is a two way, two way street. I mean, it makes sense. Cause I mean, you're basically like my older sister and, um, <laughs> um, do you see what I did there, Linda? Do you see what I did there? You it was made good. Her older. Um, I see that. Is that what you meant? I mean, I'm, I may have done that. That may have happened. Now he's, he is channeling Simone now. Yeah. He's channeling Simone. That's how I do. I mean, listen, I may have done some, I may have done some research. I mean, I listened to your podcast before I came on it. Um, you know, I'm just saying. So, um, at least I know you exist now, right? At yes. least I know you exist. Yes. So, yes. can I can I talk about comic books for a minute? Okay. And just then I wanna, for a minute, I'm timing. I'm timing you. Timing. All right. How about this? I'm gonna make it fast. This is super okay. duper quick. Captain America apparently not a Nazi because he's being mind controlled to think he's one. So he's not oh, actually. That's loophole. how they got around it. That's the loophole. Yeah. He's being mind controlled <laughs> to think that he's a Nazi. That's one. Iron Man is a black woman now. Legit. I'm not even making it up. Um, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm super duper okay with it. And, um, uh, Anna Kendrick wants to be Squirrel Girl in a movie. That's it. That's comic books. Okay. All right. You guys know, who, wait, you know who Anna Kendrick is, right? Yeah. I think so. She's, I don't know who Squirrel Girl is. Okay. So, so I, I'll explain, but only if I'm allowed to go beyond my minute. Okay, go ahead. Okay, so Anna Kendrick is the lead from Pitch Perfect. She's probably one of the most charming actresses on earth ever. I love her. Um, in like a like, I want her to come and like watch movies with me, like actually watch movies. That's not what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> um, and Squirrel Girl is a C list superhero who is who was part of the Great Lakes Avengers. Now everything I'm telling you is 100% true. She was part of the Great Lakes Avengers, which is a group that was a thing. You can look it up on you on uh, Wikipedia. Um her power is that she controls squirrels. That's it. That's her thing. She's she she can communicate with and control squirrels. She has defeated the following beings in combat. Wolverine <laughs> No. Doctor Doom. 
And I think even Galactus, although that one, I'm not certain. So the thing wow. is, um, she's super plucky, super funny, and she has had a resurgence of popularity recently because, number one, car- uh, comics with strong female leads are um, mm-hmm. becoming more popular just by default. Whereas mm-hmm. before they were kind of almost set up to fail unless it was Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Right. And even Wonder Woman struggled. Now, female comics, like they, they are becoming more accepted because more girls are buying comics and guys are buying them, etc. We all don't even need to get into it. It just is a thing. Um, and they mm-hmm. created and what they did is rather than playing her off as like a pseudo serious character that just happened to have a weird affect, they they made a new character. They kind of redid her as part of the newer uh, comic lines and just went full out comedy, which makes sense because mm. it's a superhero that communicates with squirrels and beats Wolverine. <laughs> so um, because it's like a straight up comedy, um, people really dig it. And a comedy movie about Squirrel Girl starring Anna Kendrick would make more money than Deadpool made. Oh, I don't know about yeah. that. Really? Guarantee it. Number one, yeah. um, this is th- this is why I feel it would. Number one, um, because Deadpool made a lot of money, but it didn't make like Avengers money, so it's not impossible to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, Anna Kendrick, I think, is more well liked than Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't Deadpool and give you that? If, De- and Deadpool she's- was rated R, right? And a yes, lot of the and super that is the other advantage. Squirrel Girl could absolutely be like a PG-13, like regular superhero yeah. movie, and they could reuse the entire cast from Pitch Perfect. Like, they could... <laughs> it will make more money because... I would I would, I would, would go see it a dozen times. If for nothing else, because I love Anna Kendrick. Um, <laughs> yeah, in a completely too. platonic way. Like, I want to be her best friend. Yeah, she's great. I like her. I have to say that because yeah. my wife listens to these podcasts. I don't want to make her really mad. Like, Legitimately, I love Anna Kendrick in a completely platonic way. So that's comic books. <laughs> okay. I hear cool. we're a video game podcast, though. I will not. Yes. That's Steven's comic hour. Right. Yes. Um, so Pokemon Go is being rolled out. It's not quite oh, out in the U.S. yet, but uh, <laughs> Australia and New Zealand and Japan. have it already. And, and Japan. Japan. Thank you. So, Great jerks. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so mad. I want some Pokemans, man. Like, I've been looking forward to this game for so long. <laughs> uh if it's anything like um their other game uh ingress uh the developer made it then you know it's cool although i don't quite understand like the game aspect of it like i know you're gonna get out you're gonna catch pokemon and i don't know what you do with them after that would you like me mm-hmm. to um, tell you yes go ahead steven why do you have to be so exasperated you said i don't know i know <laughs> i mean okay she sounds so exasperated. It's like a teacher in class who's like, "Well, we're not going to discuss this today." And I'm like, "But, but I, but we should." No, if we don't have to, if we don't want yes. to. No, go ahead, go ahead. So you use your Pokemon and you feed them treats to level them up, and then you go take uh-huh. out gyms. There are mm-hmm. gyms that oh, are in right, different right, locations, right, right, right. and you can leave your powerful Pokemon at gyms to defend them, and you get points or something for defending said gym and if your Pokemon gets defeated it comes back to you Hmm. yeah now I remember that is very very much like Ingress because um, in that game it's sort of like a sci-fi like 
mind control people versus regular humans and you go and you capture like these these points that are in parks and whatnot real places in the world and you can leave um like your robot things to protect it there and you know so it's very very similar to what they're doing already mm. one funny thing though is that um i guess one of the one of the places for the pokemon go is at a police station yep. somewhere i don't remember i was reading the polygon article uh, on the police australia the policemen are like Yes, in Australia, they're like, you don't actually have to come in the building to access to get your Pokemon. And then they're like, and please look both ways before you cross the street. Don't be looking down at your phone. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it could yeah. be hazardous. I mean, it, yeah, it could be. <laughs> I mean, my understanding is from listening to a whole bunch of, you know, first impressions and things from people who are in the, the test run. It uses mm-hmm. Google's location, like Google Maps locations, to determine mm-hmm. where things like Poke Drops and where Pokemon are, etc. So mm-hmm. it stands to reason that they would mark police stations as something because yeah. at least then they know that it's not going to be like a crack house or something. Like they right. know that that's safe. With that said, um, one of the my producer is actually because the Android version is was available in the u.s by mistake mm. um, yeah. and he installed it and he was saying that you could actually access pokey stops from across the street so there was literally like yeah. no reason to go into the location he's like they're very generous with your as long as you're near the pokey stop yeah that's the way ingress is too probably not as generous as they are for pokemon but ingress is pretty Pretty generous too, and if you're talking about Google Map things, the uh, the CEO actually used to be at Google. He worked on Google Earth and was kind of like the mastermind, sort of behind Google Earth. So oh. that's how they're kind of getting their stuff. He knows what he's doing in that that oh, yeah. sort of regards. So yeah. I mean, I'm super excited. My kids are super excited. The way we're going to do it is uh, we're going to divide up into two teams, mm. and mm-hmm. um. We're just the the big difference is, and we've already told the boys this: they are not taking our phones and going somewhere without us. Yeah. No, even if it's in the neighborhood, I don't care if that Pokemon is down the street. I will come with you. <laughs> we will drive if we have to, but I am not right. giving them like because my phone is my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, it, it, like my whole like my business and everything is on there, so there's no way they're taking my phone. Um. Right. So. We're using it as a total excuse, like, listen, you want to go for a walk around the lake and catch some water Pokemon kids? Let's do it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we fully expect that that's going to be, you know, a big portion of our family activities the rest of the summer. And I think that's awesome. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, they, everybody yeah. that I have, everyone that I have listened to who played the game in the test flight said that they got more exercise by nature of the fact that they, there were things that were just far enough away that they mm-hmm. had to make effort to go to it. But there was, yeah. but it was close enough that there was no reason to drive because for serious, like you're not going to drive yeah. two blocks. That's stupid. So you just walk right there and back. That's four blocks. Bada boom. Yeah. 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 It's good. Yeah. They said that the, well, that they had that in mind a little bit for ingress. One of the things they said for ingress that they, that happened that they didn't expect was this huge social aspect. So by the fact that you and other people are going to the same spots, and you can see, uh, like usernames and whatnot for other people on your side that had been to the spot that they, you know, people started forming like 
you know, special teams completely, like just social groups. And then I went to that event in Seattle that they had, which was a while ago, and it was unbelievable to me. There were like these crazy teams. Like there was one team of like these bunch of ex Marine guys, and they were like marching <laughs> down, marching down the, the the right by the uh, by the Space Needle, like marching from the Space Needle down to that huge fountain <laughs> in oh the middle. My God. And I was just like, wow, How this fun. is hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. So far. <laughs> From what they have said, there really aren't that many social links listed in this one. And I think part of that's just mm. the Nintendo influence of this yeah, is going to be yeah. played by kids. But we don't know if yeah. that's going to be an opt-in thing later on. Um, right. But you know what? You, what? You'll be able to apparently align yourself with different colored teams. So you could be oh. yellow or blue. So, so, but I don't know if you get to know who's in that. Co- I don't know about that yet. But mm. um, yeah. I think it, I mean, it sounds great. I mean, this is, this is just the coolest thing, man. Like... Who would have thought that that would, I wouldn't have even guessed it uh, before they announced it. Like, it wouldn't have yeah. even crossed my mind. And now here we are, maybe tomorrow. I mean, we mm-hmm. know that right, yeah. the iOS app store updates Thursday mornings at 2.30 a.m. Pacific right. time. So 5.30 a.m. for me. Mm-hmm. So I might yeah. wake up yep. tomorrow in a whole new world. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe. It'll, it'll a be a world, world full of Pokemon. A, a world full it'll of Pokemon. Really- I'm going to. Interesting to see whether an established IP like this can make a huge difference to the mixed Mm. reality kind of, you know, genre. Yeah. And really kick it off. You know, I had never, I had never heard of Ingress when the PR person contacted me about it, but it is huge. It has something like 4 million players around the world. And I was just like, wow, I have no idea. Very cool. So, yeah. The initial Um, push is going to be bonkers tomorrow yeah, it's gonna be a matter sure. of who's still playing it by christmas you yeah. know but yeah i'm playing it like me i am, I am all <laughs> in on pokemon they're gonna patch yes. in trading too okay, which i'm really cool. excited about maybe we cool. can trade pokemans maybe if i play it <laughs> no, i don't know i don't know why i wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> I have a four-year-old, Steven. I'm very busy, and I'm not huge into the Pokemon, so I don't know if I'll play it or not. Although, this might be a fun thing to play with, Anna. Yeah, I think so. She, yeah. Like Animal she Crossing. Sort of, <laughs> she, right, yeah. With Anna, quote-unquote. Um, <laughs> so, um, but she knows she knows Pokemon now, because apparently somebody at school, obviously, uh, knows Pokemon. So she comes home from school knowing about things that she didn't learn from us and then I'm kind of in awe that she knows. Yeah. She's like, ran it, saw a Pikachu somewhere. She's like, that's Pokemon. I'm like, how did you know that? Yeah. So, I mean, come on. I mean, anyhow. knowing Pokemon, I mean. Yeah, I know. I mean, I know. It's not like, there could be worse things. It's not like she She's, identified like Ronald Reagan by sight or something. You know what I mean? Like, there's more <laughs> right. obscure thing. And not like he's obscure, but you know what I mean? Like, if my four-year-old yeah, yeah. rolled out and was like, whoa, check out Clint Eastwood. I'd be like, what are you talking about? But identifying <laughs> Pikachu by sight, I mean, he's a lightning rat. He's little yes, and he's cute. Yes. He stands up like a yeah. Shih Tzu. You know, he or she. Yeah. I, don't Anna, know, um, I don't know if it's a girl or boy. I don't know, but. Anna. <laughs> uh, kind of less kid-friendly, though. She is like a walking, talking um, Halo advertisement. Because oh. <laughs> she, ha- she has a Halo book bag, like a kid's book bag that Isaac got from work. And anytime that she sees some type of dude in some type of like sci- science fiction-like armor, she's like, that's Master Chief! 
So yeah. that's so, yeah. the most adorable <laughs> thing on this entire planet. Yeah, it's it's um, pretty cute. Yeah. I so he so they have little kids Halo backpacks. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do they still right. have these little ha- kids Halo backpacks? I don't know. Like he, I think it was some type of special swag oh, thing. Right. Like they had like a day at work where the kid they could bid on like different types of things. Oh, and so okay. he got this big package of stuff that was a kid's backpack and a fanny pack and all this other kind of stuff. There was also a pencil case in it. So it really is aimed at kids. I don't know very many adults that carry pencil cases with them. So yeah. <laughs> so. Very funny. Uh, Steven, do you carry a pencil case with you? Why are you giving me that look? I do have a, I do have a pencil case. <laughs> no way. Oh. Really? Oh, yeah, it's wow. In my, it's so in my bag right now. How else am I supposed to make it so... I mean, how? I, I, okay, so you guys... So oh, Nicole, Nicole is helpless with laughter right now. No. She can't Nicole, stand it. you are familiar with one... Wait, no, no, this is relevant. You are familiar oh. with one Nathan Munir. Right or Munier? Yes, yes, I absolutely am. Munier, Munier, whatever. Munier. Yes. So he (laughs) did a podcast with another guy who wrote for you briefly called the Freelance Game. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Right. And it was with with Andrew, right? Andrew Hayward. Yes, Andrew Hayward. Yes. And I listened. They both wrote for me a lot. I wouldn't say well. They started writing for me when I was back at IGN. That's how I knew them. Yes. And I was like, hey, you guys, you should write for Pixelkin. Yeah. So, and well, here's yeah. what happened. Well, so how funny is this? I met you guys, and then I started listening to the Freelance Game podcast, and then that uh-huh. was the first week where they were like, and hey, there's this site, Pixelkin, and we're going to write for them, and blah, blah, blah. And they were talking about it on their podcast. <laughs> so I was like, whoa, like, is Pixelkin, like, taking over the world or something? And then I Absolutely. realized- And then I realized that it was- it wasn't the pixel game was taking over the world. It's that, that, it's that once again, Nicole knows everyone. So yeah. they, <laughs> yeah. they had a whole episode about being prepared for interviews. And uh-huh. one of the things they said is you can never have enough pens and pencils and you need to have them organized. And so I went out and <laughs> bought a thing to put my pens and pencils in. I mean, it, I don't know if it's oh. a pencil case, but it's like a thing that I put all my pens and pencils in and I That's leave it in the pocket case. of one of my bags. It's a pencil case. Wow. And bam. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great that they said that. I'm like the opposite, though. Like, I, when I go for interviews, I will find a notebook at the last minute that maybe has a sheet or two blank in it and throw a pen in my bag, and that's about it. And lots of times I will take little notes, but for the most part, I just, you know, remember what they told me. Well, or now I record things on well, my phone, which makes it even easier. Well, Linda, so. I mean, as you know, that's because Nicole is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you know that you hired her. Um, yeah. I, um, so you were, never, Amy, you must have a sense of these things. Never, yeah, never questioned it. Um, Just, yeah. Nicole, I am not as amazing as you are. Um, <laughs> we've known that for a while. Um, I think everyone that listens to this podcast, I mean, now they have real evidence because I've even hosted the podcast. So now they have like empirical evidence that you are greater than Steven Deutschman and that's okay. Um, but if the only real true evidence is that I stutter a little bit on my podcast when I'm a host and I have a pencil case, then I'm okay. <laughs> then I'm okay. If that's the true evidence that you are greater than me, other than the fact that you know literally everyone. Yeah. Like literally. Uh, yeah. Speaking, I, 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 when I saw this, it was really, really funny. So, you know, you posted on the Engage Family Gaming uh, Facebook about asking about genres you should include in this, like, you know, 
briefer for parents, primer for parents, and my yeah. friend uh, Jeff Vavasar commented on it. Yeah. Do you know who Jeff Vavasar is? I don't. Uh, he he made the first emulator for classic games. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, just something like that. So, yeah. Not, yeah. not for nothing. For why. Um, <laughs> I did, that, that comment was actually on my own personal wall. Um, yeah. As opposed to uh, engagefamilygaming.com slash community. Um, oh, okay. No, same difference. I did make a question. I got a lot of really good answers from that, by the way. And that's going to be a really cool article. Yeah. Um, that I'm cool. sure we will talk about when it is done. Um, so, do you have any crazy parenting stories to tell us, uh, Nicole? I don't. You don't? Uh, I don't. Anna's getting a tood, but that's about it. Yeah, because she's four. You know? <laughs> she's four. Yeah. That's that's how it's it good. It Ju- ain't no thing. July's, yeah, July is going to be another crazy month, because uh, Isaac's leaving on Sunday. He'll be in England for another week. And then they're going to be showing off Halo Wars 2 at this event during San Diego Comic-Con. Like, he thought it was going to be, like, at Comic-Con, but it's not, which makes him a little disappointed because he was hoping to be able to go to Comic-Con and check out the show. Um, but apparently it's at some other event in San Diego that takes place at the same time. Mm. So, um, well, that's one way so to yeah. get, like, the IGN people there because they're all going to be there covering Comic-Con and then they can just walk down the street. Yeah, yeah, it's like Nerdcore or something like that. That sounds Anyhow, like a place Halo Wars 2 would be at. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Oh, and any, any new listeners to this podcast, my husband works for 3 for 3 Industries, which is a studio of Microsoft that works on Halo, and more specifically, he is on the Halo Wars 2 team. So if you hear me say anything about Halo, you can choose to believe me or not. There, that's that. Um, I talk about it plenty, so, and I don't even know what the guy looks like. So. <laughs> Um, so some quick Nintendo news here. Uh, so they've been talking about what they're new they're going to do for mobile, which, you know, this kind of plays off Pokemon Go a little bit. Um, so Mitomo, we know that Mitomo was super crazy popular when it first came out, but not a lot of people are still using it. Yeah, Nintendo doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, I know. They don't care. But one of the things that they said that they were looking at was, uh, like controllers for smartphones and tablets, which I don't know that i think that that's a great idea i, I don't know I, I don't know of anybody who uses controllers for their smartphones or tablets <laughs> let me just say that but maybe it is steven what do you think um it's stupid unless <laughs> nintendo makes an action game um you know if you li- so um, the the context of of that conversation was some of the idea of like talking about the different kinds of experiences they can make their plan is to release five games between now and March of 2017, which is insane. That's like one mm. every other month starting now. Yeah. Um, if we include Pokemon Go, which for the most part, it's not a Nintendo property. That's a, that's right. a, that's Game Freak and not even Game Freak. That's Pokemon Company and, um, Niantic. So if we don't mm. include Pokemon Go in that, which they didn't, um, that means every other month between now and next March-ish, we should get a new game. Um, so, something like that, right? So, yeah. maybe like every nine weeks. I didn't do the math. It's very, it's a rapid cadence. I There's no way they're hitting those numbers, because this is Nintendo. They delay games mm-hmm. like Bethesda um, and Blizzard, 
um, if not more, because they're Nintendo and they can do it. Mm. But if they, but they were talking about what kinds of games they can make, right? And really, they're limited uh, because the touch interface does not lend itself to action-based games. So the what they said was they have two choices. They could either put a whole lot of energy into figuring out how to make an action game work on a touch interface, um, which if anyone on Earth could figure out a way to do it, I believe that Nintendo could. Um, they're really good with interfaces. That's their thing. Um, or making their own controller, which everybody really latched onto, um, because I think that's the exciting piece. Um, that would be more effort by a lot than to try and perfect an interface for a game. Yeah. Um, cause what would be cool about that is if they perfected the interface for a game, then they could just lock that code onto any games they make in the future. Whereas mm-hmm. if you make hardware that's compatible with phones and tablets there's so many different phones and so many different tablets that's a, a qa nightmare so yes let's all let's ask all the devs that are wondering how to how to qa for the xbox one the xbox slim the xbox scorpio the playstation 4 mm-hmm. the playstation neo let's mm-hmm. let's ask them how it is to qa for those systems imagine qa a phone a, like a controller for I don't know. All three of us probably have different phones, <laughs> right? Yeah. And we're just yeah. three people. So, um, I think that's a scary proposition, but it, I mean, Nintendo certainly got the money to throw at it. And if they made yeah. a Nintendo branded controller that worked with iPhones, even if they just said iOS only, which would probably be the safest bet, um, every Nintendo fan that owns an iPhone would buy the hell out of it. I would own, I would probably have three. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh. I'm, yeah. stu- I'm stupid. I'll admit it. But keep in mind, <laughs> it's worth noting if they make it work on iPhone, then it'll probably be comparable. It will probably function with your Apple TV. And that mm, would be oh, right. really awesome. That basically turns Apple TV into a console. Mm. Yes. Uh, which I think that's what Apple kind of wants to do with oh, that. Yeah, they now. do. Yeah, they do. So, so they'd be happy. Yeah. I would be surprised if Apple didn't shoot them an email like, hey, why don't you make it? A controller that only works for Apple. We're fine with it. Right. Yeah. Here's some dollars. Here's all our APIs ever. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be cool to see how that plays out. I'm still, I I wish that they would give us more details on the games as opposed to, hey, we might do this thing. I want to know exactly what this Animal Crossing game is. (laughs) I know. And if it's, (laughs) if it's going to be worth me abandoning. Animal Crossing New Leaf, which I am playing with my daughter, quote unquote. I'm still going to say that. <laughs> with. Still say it. I don't. Yeah. I don't think they want you it. to abandon it. I don't think they want you to abandon it. I really feel like this is going to be. I bet you it's going to be like the fishing part. Um. Oh, if you yeah. think about Animal Crossing, like it could be the fishing part. It could just be designing furniture. Like mm-hmm. it right. could be. It could just be basically like Happy Home Designer Mobile. You know, like yeah. they or something similar to that. I mean, they really don't need to make a full fledged game like uh, like yeah. Animal Crossing is way more has way more features and way more stuff baked into it than anyone would ever think from looking at the game. Yeah, that game mm-hmm. is dense and it's as dense as you want it to be. I mean, you could really get right. deep into it or you can just like walk around every once in a while, and, like pick fruit. Right. Like my right. my sons interact with it in a completely different way. So they they Nintendo is really good at like grabbing the essence of a thing 
Mm-hmm. So, I, I, but I don't expect, I don't think you're going to feel, the, especially if you're still, if it's still got its hooks in you, the Animal Crossing, you mm-hmm. and Anna. Um, I don't think that it's going to, they're going to try and compete for it. I think it's going to be a complimentary experience. It might even be something that you can't do in Animal Crossing that, you know, mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah, Happy Home Designer was pretty cool. I reviewed that for for Pixelkin. Um, but, and I had said like a new Animal Crossing game, they should have that in there too, because it was super cool. It's kind of yeah, I don't know. I feel like Animal Crossing is suffering from the Harvest Moon syndrome a little bit. Like in the various, you know, they all these got these cool things going on, and all these different sort of spinoff games, and they just haven't put them all together yet to make the awesome game. So, well, you know who did. The guy who made Stardew Valley. So Valley. they should just <laughs> they should just all ape on that guy. Just do that. Yeah. If they put a new Animal Crossing on the NX that is basically Stardew Valley with little cute chibi animal characters, <laughs> game of the year. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um. There's still I don't know. There's still big differences between Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley. But anyhow, yeah. we can talk about that later. <laughs> so, yeah, but. But yeah, anyway, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, Nintendo C- uh, CEO Kimishima said, or at least um, clarified some of the things that he had said in um, previous uh, reports. That uh, like apparently they said that he was making a pessimistic comment about the Wii U and that it was going to fail. And he says that he never said anything like that. But the kind of the interesting thing that I found in this whole story, it's on GameSpot, is he's quoted as saying, in an internal sales representative meeting, someone projected that we would sell close to 100 million Wii U systems worldwide. And their thinking was that because the Wii sold well, the Wii U would follow suit. And uh, he said, you know, to his credit that, because the Wii had sold so well, they would need to be very, very clear about what the Wii U was if they wanted to get beyond the misunderstanding that this was part of the Wii, which we've talked about before, and that's exactly what Nintendo did. They just totally dropped the ball on that one. But, but yeah, so, um, but at least he seems to recognize the fact that they've really got to do their work with the NX to make sure that people understand why it's cool and why it's, you know, worth something more than what they already have. So it's good that someone from Nintendo is realizing that they need to do that because sometimes they kind of, um, they just take things for granted. There which we been, were talking about this last week a little bit too. There are a lot of companies that are doing that, kind of holding their hat yeah. in their hands and walking out and saying, listen, guys, we screwed up because we just assumed that we were going to win it. Um, yeah. Sony did that last generation. With, um, you know, with the PlayStation, the $600, you'll get another job to buy this. Um, right. You know, we could even, we could release it at $600 with no games and people would still buy it. Like that kind of, Mm -hmm. like, what are you kidding me? And now they're, they've walked that all back, put their, you know, Microsoft is doing the same thing, right? Mm -hmm. Square Enix. My lord, how many times have they said, like, Tabata has said it, the CEO of Square Enix, everyone in Square has been like, okay, we get it. We screwed up Final Fantasy super hard, and we didn't, re- we really didn't realize all you Western Westerners actually gave a crap. So, sorry. So, they bought a studio to make games that we wanted. Um, yes. And now they're 
making a Final Fantasy game that we're going to like. Like, I, I, it's, it's ins- and now Nintendo is doing this. And of course Nintendo screwed up with the Wii U. I mean, it's a great machine, but come on. Yeah. They gave us a tablet yeah. two years after the release of the iPad. Mm-hmm. And it's not yeah. even a really good tablet. I mean, right. it's better for, like, hitting your brother in the head with, as my family learns. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah. I mean, they make boffer weapons that, that you can buy from Nerf for that. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, last quick bit of news before we get into our topic. So, as was pretty much figured, thanks to um, a mistake, Red Dead Redemption is now ex- is uh, backwards compatible on Xbox One, but this is something that I don't think has happened for any of the other 360 games, is that the sales of Red Dead Redemption have jumped, like, insanely since the announcement that it's going to be backwards compatible like it mm. went like this is on am it's amazon sales list is basically what it is is that it jumped more than 1000 spots since that announcement on amazon's list so wow. it jumped like all the way up to the top yeah it was like 1050 something and now it's like 27 or 17 something like that why do you think uh, that is uh that i don't know lots game. of people who uh, well, it's that's it's it was a really popular game. It's GTA in the Wild West for the most part. Um, so I played a little bit, but I didn't. It was okay, but it's the same reason why I don't really play GTA. It's like it's okay, but you know it's not my thing. But it was yeah. really really popular, and so I think um, people that missed out on it, uh, you know, during the 360 generation, now they have oh, a chance okay. to play it again. So yeah. Um, I played it a little bit too, and I I wasn't knocked out by it either. So yeah, yeah. There is only one copy available on uh, Amazon right now. Wow, wow, interesting. So well, they said they've been selling a lot. <laughs> I mean, it, one of the things that's an advantage is that it's fifteen bucks. Like, yeah. I mean, for the physical copy of the game, it is fifteen dollars. Um, even from a speculation standpoint. It's at $15 worth grabbing a copy because now yeah. it'll be in demand again. Um, because, you know, it's, it doesn't look like they're going to put it out in HD again, especially now if they made it backwards compatible, that'd be eating their own lunch. So now it's right. a whole new generation of people looking to buy these games and people had abandoned it and traded it in to get their Xbox One and now they can play it again. For $15, yeah. if that game was that transcendent to you, 15 bucks is nothing. That's, that's right, like yeah. two. That's like two burgers at five guys. Just grab it. Yeah. Um, I, the only reason I don't own it is because I just went on a huge video game spending spree in the last couple of months. Um, and mm-hmm. especially on a few games that I'm going to talk about later on in the show. Um, and, uh, the general advised me that it was in my best interest to not purchase it. Mm. I mean, yes. I'll be able to get it eventually. It's the, the digital code is $10. So yeah, I get it eventually, but for, but she was like, "Nah, you're good." Yeah, <laughs> we played it. I think I played it on PS3. I don't think it was on Xbox. I don't remember. Anyhow, I'm not going to play it again, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> a bit of news that's kind of going to lead us to our main topic here is that Blizzard is suing a company in Germany that makes uh, like bots, little, I guess you call them mod, cheap mod type things, and they sell them. Uh, They've been making them for Overwatch already very quickly. Um, And Blizzard says, hey, that's not cool. 
and they are suing them for anti uh, unfair competition, copyright infringements, uh, violating their TOS, and all that kinds of stuff. And um, so this company, uh, which is called Bossland Hacks, uh, they're just like comp- <laughs> they're completely just. Um, uh, it's baffling to me that they just don't care. Like they said in one of these articles that their action, now that Blizzard is going to sue them, will be to make their cheat le- less easy to detect. Wow. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's baller. Um, so I know, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but apparently what this hack does is it allows you to see other players uh, wherever they are and also their health status wherever they are. So I haven't played Overwatch. So Stephen, how how big of a deal is that? <laughs> oh my god, there's a there's a character who's ultimate, which is like their ability that is on a cooldown that lets you see the other team stuff. If you can see it forever, oh. that basically makes that other character useless. Um, mm. At least that ultimate useless. No, that that is uh, being able. If I were able to always see my opponent's health status and where they were, um, mm-hmm. I could. You know, run, th- especially if I knew the maps, I could find people who were behind trying to hide and get their cooldowns back and hunt them down. I could flank easier. You know, this yeah. is, that is a thing you mm. do not want ever. That's bad. Yeah. That's bad. Kind of ruins the game. Yeah. It absolutely yeah. does. It ruins the game for everybody you're playing with. It's garbage. Yeah. 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 And this German so, company does not care. They, they don't, they don't. care at all. No. They're like, what we don't, we don't have a problem with the United States. So, yeah. Yeah. It's too bad. Yeah, because Blizzard, they filed the suit in, in California, where before, I think they were, I don't know where they were suing, but um, they lost. They have already lost uh, at least one um, one suit against this company. I don't know if it's for World, World of Warcraft or maybe Heroes of the Storm. But yeah, this company makes cheats for like every Blizzard game that you can think. So it's no surprise that Blizzard's getting a little irritated with them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, but anyhow, so here's the leads into the topic about um, cheating, cheating in general, uh, which I don't know. Maybe this is just like the wisdom that has come with old age. Simone, there you go, if you're listening. But I don't understand. I don't understand cheating. Like, maybe when I was 10, I would cheat to, like, beat my brother and be like, hey, yeah, I won. But now, it's like if I cheat to win, I know that I cheated to win. And then where, where is, you know, where's the cool factor in that? It's just, I don't know. That's just me. What do you guys think? You have a conscience. <laughs> Yeah. Which is good. Yeah. yeah. Not yeah. everyone does. I mean, yeah. I like in a single player game, I like if I, I mean, I try to beat the games on my own, but if I am just stuck and cannot move forward and it's a game that I want to finish because of the story or whatever, then I will happily look up a cheat code to get past that spot. But never ever in a, a multiplayer game will I cheat ever. Have never, will never. So, yeah. anyhow. So, um, as you can imagine, I have uh, a number of yes. thoughts and feelings on this. So, um, number one, I, when we talk about like cheat codes, right? Like in single player games, part of me, I don't even really like the term cheat code. Um, because mm. for me, cheating is about competition. Cheating is about like affecting other people. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, you're giving yourself an advantage over someone else or taking advantage of someone else. 
Um, mm-hmm. so, I, I, like, for me, and this is some, this is something I actually went over it and talked about it very briefly on the EFG evening news update, uh, for yesterday, the 6th. Mm-hmm. Um, because I got a question from a parent, uh, who is asking about games done quick, which is happening right now. You guys have, uh, Eric Watson, uh, wrote about it for your site. Um, the idea right. is, like, is it cheating to go out of bounds in a 3D adventure game and, like, circumvent what the developer said? Um, like, what they mm-hmm. coded to try and go faster through the game. You know, isn't yeah. that cheating because you're not, Doing it. And, I, and for me, um, the, it, it kind of goes back to the theory of fun, which is a book I read. The, the idea of like the magic circle, right? Like when you're playing mm-hmm. a game, you step into the magic circle and everybody does. And that means you agree to a set of rules. Mm-hmm. Boxing is a great example. If bo- both of those men and or women agree, that in that ring, they can punch each other in the face until they bleed. If one of those persons does not agree to this, then it's assault. <laughs> um, so like, that's a, that, that's a relevant case, right? Like I LARP, right? Yeah. So if, if everyone is not invested, if everybody going to the event is not agreeing that, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to play a game mm-hmm. where if you hit me with a, a cloth packet of bird seed and say, I call forth a dragon's breath before you do it and you throw it and, you know, you fall down if you get hit by that. If we don't agree to do that, then there's literally no reason to do it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So right. when we extend that into the video game world, at least in the regards to like single player games, y- you are your own magic circle. You're playing the way you want to play. Um, mm-hmm. And sure, you are given a set of rules by, you know, in the form of code and graphics, etc. by the developers. But you're beating the game however you're going to beat it. Right. And, you know, you set your yeah. own rules. Um but in a multiplayer environment, that is a very different situation. You know, when you're playing Overwatch, yeah. we are all at least casually agreeing to play by those rules. And I expect, I, mm-hmm. I ex- don't install those things and I play and I, I expect that other players, I assume rather that other players are going to follow those same rules. They're going to step into that magic circle with me. Um, and that, that's that, that's that layer of comfort why it's like you know what I'm getting beat but at least I know I'm getting beat because we're all playing the same mm-hmm. cheating right. ruins that you're gaining an yeah. unfair advantage because you paid money to this stupid company and I mean I get it they got they're, they're super smart computer whizzes and they can make these things and that's great but mm-hmm. um it's frustrating that they are able to do so yeah mm-hmm. and I still like Linda said, I have a conscience. I just don't know it, at the end of the day, like what these people get out of cheating. Like, it seems to me like, um, well, unless you pirated the game, you paid like, what was it? 50 bucks or whatever to buy the game. And now you're going to pay an extra 10 or $15 to get this thing just to cheat in it. It's like, well, what, what's the point? Mm. You know, I don't know. That That's just my thing. It's like, you bought this game, you knew it was a multiplayer game, you knew, you know, what this was like going into it, and if you didn't like the fact that you might lose, then why did you get it in the first place? Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Some people aren't trying to win for the satisfaction of winning. Some people want to win because they want to see other people lose, and that's a diff- That's a fundamental mm-hmm. difference of the experience of gaming, and we all see it. That's why there are a lot of people that don't play multiplayer games at all, because... Um, right. You know, I play because I like winning, right? Like I, because mm-hmm. I like that thrill of pulling off the good play or helping my competitor, my, my 
my teammates um, succeed. At the same time, I know other players who play because they want to see other people lose. They're not concerned about themselves. Mm-hmm. They're not concerned even about their own team. They just want to get kills. They want to, they want to see other people, um, not enjoy the game because they are dominant mm-hmm. over them. Mm-hmm. So this is just another way to establish dominance. I mean, we, we see plenty of these alpha gamers. We have seen this yeah. over the last handful of years. Um, a, a bunch of people that are, that are, so busy thinking about winning that they try and win Twitter. Right. Um, yes. And they try there, and win Reddit, you know? Yeah. There, there are ways for people to um, make money cheating, right? Like the gold farming stuff with bots and no. that kind of yeah. thing. But I think that's a little easier for the companies to detect. Yeah. 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 And Blizzard has been, they've, really been cracking down on cheaters like right away with overwatch i think they've already banned something like ten thousand people um that's the only thing that's gonna do it i think is banning yeah permanent permanently yeah yeah people do not like that (laughs) that's for sure yeah i mean as as someone who played world of warcraft and linda can uh, can i'm sure confirm you know the number of bots that we saw yeah, running around terrible. farming Eternals or, you know, farming Runecloth yeah. back in vanilla or whatever. You know, this is a, um, you know, it's a, it's a fundamental, like, th- they were doing it. And absolutely, there were whole businesses where they would have one person running multiple machines with multiple bots running. And their job was to keep them going so they could make money, that they could sell it on the black market. Um, mm. And, you know, yeah. so... I, I mean, that's absolutely cheating. You're gaining an advantage over other players and in a lot of cases disrupting their fun. I mean, the reality True. is if I needed to farm because I needed to make my money um, because I needed you like, but the only place I could farm was was just full of, mm. um, you know, gold farmers. There was nothing I could do. I mean, I was mm-hmm. shut out because they could just crowd the joint and harass me, um, even mm. though I was on a role play server. So um, now. On the other hand, I can say that um, to add another piece of perspective, I am a player who has been um, punished in an online game for using, um, you know, scripting. Um, and mm. I can say this: I played a a uh, a mud, a multiplayer, a multi-user dungeon, a text-based role-playing mm-hmm. game called Dragon Realms, which is currently in operation, run by a company out of St. Louis called Semutronics. Um, and I played a, and in that game, you could run what were called scripts, which were basically programs that would input commands for you. Um, mm-hmm. and I would, um, and this is many, many years ago, and I recognize that it was wrong now. Uh, I would, while I was in college, I would start my script and then I would go take a shower. Mm-hmm. And I was caught. Um, because scripting mm-hmm. while AFK, away from keyboard, uh, was strictly prohibited. And, uh, I was banned, um, and it, I was banned for a month. And so I, I kind of, at first I was salty because that's what you do when you're a college kid. Um, you know, I wasn't hurting anybody, blah, blah, blah. But then I realized that I absolutely was because I was playing in an environment where I was gaining skills that I didn't actually earn, you know? Mm. So, um, you know, even in games where it's not necessarily competitive because I never attacked other players. I mean, it was a role-playing game, you know, that mm-hmm. I was fighting goblins and stuff, but I was gaining things that other players didn't. 
So I, mm. you know, I, I mean, I, even from that other side, I, I now I, I get it, right? Like you're, yeah, it sucks. Mm-hmm. So, so do you guys think there are any gray areas, like things that some people think are cheating and some things that others don't? Mm. Not really. No. <laughs> no, no, it's just yeah, play by the rules or don't play at all, right? Well, yeah, that's the way I would say it. Uh, uh, well, for multiplayer games, again, like we talked about this, single player games is a different story. Um, so, yeah, I think that the reason the, the reason that I don't think that there's gray area is because, um, yeah, the reason that I don't the reason that I think it's cut and dry and that there is no gray area is because before you are playing a game with other people, the the ground rules have to be at least implied, and they have to be pretty mm-hmm. straightforward. Um, and one of the biggest ones is that you, everybody should be playing by the same rules. That's like the default setting. Everybody should be trying to do things the same. Now, if everybody has that mod on, sure, whatever, right? Like if you were playing on right. some private server or something, everybody has that mod where you can see everything, then whatever. Then it's a different story. But Blizzard mm-hmm. does not allow that stuff, and they can't allow that stuff. So as a result, shut up and deal. You can't do yeah. it. Just don't. Yeah. It's not that hard. You know, and I mean, this yeah. company has a right to make money, but make something yeah. better. I'm especially since since um, uh, competitive is being added in at this point. Is it has it been added in yet, Stephen, yes. or is it coming? Uh, it's available um, on both PC and console as of I think last Thursday. Yeah, I haven't so, touched it, so and never will. A, <laughs> so you know that's the big deal because obviously Blizzard, just like with their other properties, are going to have you know the professional esports type things going on and obviously you don't want people cheating as you're uh as you're building up that community nope yeah uh, so so yeah so yeah cheating sucks winning is cool especially when you win really well which is a good segue for me because i had an epic win in hearthstone and steven saw it <laughs> yeah i did a couple days ago yeah, i did i was so <laughs> excited i was like yeah yeah <laughs> It was so it was so cool, and I had like seriously thought of conceding like three times during that match. I felt it. Uh, I'm so glad I didn't. I felt your <laughs> so. finger on that little gear. Like I was like, oh man, I was just. And at one point, I actually apologized to her in chat, like, oh man, I am sorry because okay, so in Hearthstone, there's a quest that you can take where you get a pack if you watch someone else win. Friend of yes. the show, Steve Lubitz. I watched him. To the point where I was such bad luck that I watched him lose so badly that he quit the game. <laughs> but I needed to finish my quest because I had a full quest log. I just needed to get it done. So I was like, all right, Nicole's yeah. on. Let's watch her. And I came in and she was getting her ass kicked. No, nope. yes. Let's just be real. The beginning of that match when I came in did not look pretty. Six mobs yes. across the table. She had like two, <laughs> like two murlocs just chilling. And I was like, what is yeah. going on? And then she came back and just crushed that son of a bitch. It was yes. great. So we were, um, this was, it was Shaman versus Shaman. And there's, I've talked about that before. There's this deck that my husband told me about, which is really, really cool. So I was playing that deck. But the my opponent played um, Yogg. I forget the, the second part of Yogg. Yogg is a legendary. And his battle cry is that he casts um, random spells on random targets, uh, uh, based on the number of spells that have already been cast in the game. So if both players have cast like 10 spells, then he's going to cast 10 random spells 
on random people, which can end up really, really cool for someone or really, really bad for someone. Um, at the most part, at least, at least what, what I've seen is that it pretty much clears the board of any minions. For the most part, that's what happens. Uh, but after he played that and it wasn't, I think that's when Steven apologized to me was when the spells were starting to run out. And then, um, but that it wasn't catastrophic after that was over. So I'm like, okay, I'll just, I'll just hang in there a little bit. And, uh, it was cool. I'm oh, glad man. I did. She came back with a vengeance. And at the end of it, I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. Like I was sitting in my room because it was late at night here. Um, yeah. So I was like, because what I'll do is before the end of the night, I'll sit in bed and I'll like finish my Hearthstone quest, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And I was, I woke my wife up cheering. Oh, um, no. And she was like, what are you cheering? And I was like, I, I, it's complicated. Just go back to sleep. My friend Nicole. Yeah. Yes. No, no, that's a bad idea. Do you really think that that would have gone well? <laughs> yeah, I was cheering for my no. friend Nicole. Yeah, that wouldn't have gone well. She was tired. It was just not a good idea. The last thing that Maybe I want to say, at, okay. in that one instance, the last thing I want to say is a woman's name. Mm. <laughs> Can we agree? Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I that's that's a good one. Yeah. So, yeah, so I was I'm, so proud of you. I was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was proud of myself. It was a long match too. My opponent got all the way they were out of cards. Yeah. So it was about to get really interesting too if I hadn't been able to to win it on that turn. Um so, so yeah, good. so obviously I've been playing Hearthstone. I also played Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens because I reviewed it. The review is up on Pixelkin right now. Mm-hmm. Not a ton to say about that. It's Lego. It's Star Wars. It's pretty much what you would expect. There is vehicle uh, gameplay in this now. So you can fly around the Millennium Falcon, you know, that kind of stuff, which is pretty cool. But it's not like, you know, it's not anything that hasn't been done in any other game. It's, it's, It's nice that it's made easy enough for people who are terrible at that type of gameplay like I am. To be able to do it without too much trouble. Um, so, but one thing I really, really did like that I wasn't expecting, uh, I don't know if anywhere had actually reported this or not. I certainly hadn't seen it anywhere, but the first level is basically the last, um, the last few minutes of Return of the Jedi. So like you're fighting on Endor with the Ewoks and then you're fighting as, uh, Luke and, uh, and Darth Vader against the Emperor. So. Mm-hmm. I was very happy about that. Like one of the characters that I unlocked right away was Wicked the Ewok, and I'm like, "This is awesome! I get to play as an Ewok." <laughs> so you love Ewoks, but it was all down. I do love Ewoks, <laughs> um, but yeah. But then the rest of the story is just straight up. It's the movie, like scene by scene by scene. Um, and then there there are those you know new story element um, scenes. Uh, or levels, but I was really disappointed because they're kind of, they're kind of locked. Like, and if you played a Lego game, you know that you earn all kinds of bricks. There are red bricks that you can find in the levels. There are collectibles and you earn gold bricks by doing certain things like, you know, collecting a certain number of points or, you know, whatever. Um, but the, uh, the store, those extra story missions are hidden behind, uh, gold brick sort of barriers. So like you have to have like 30 gold bricks in order to open up that mm. level. Which is really irritating because thirty getting thirty gold bricks is not an in, 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 in insignificant thing to do. Like 
depending upon how you play that game, like if you're just buzzing through and not smashing everything in sight to pick up as many Lego pieces as possible, then it could take you the entire game to get 30 gold bricks. And you may have to actually redo a couple levels. Mm -hmm. So that was disappointing to me. So, but otherwise, you know what? If you like Lego games and you like Star Wars, you know, it's fine. Probably enjoy it. It also has the VO. I, I didn't have as much of a problem with the VO in this as I did for Avengers. I guess it just feels like, I don't know, Star Wars feels kind of like a goofier, funnier property to me um, than Avengers does. So um, I didn't have a problem with it here. It still, I think, would have been cooler if it wasn't. But, you know, what you going to do? That's a selling point. Hey, we've got Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher voicing mm-hmm. the characters. That so. is kind of a selling point, let's be honest. Yeah, I know it is. <laughs> it's like, so, um, and then besides that, uh, Stardew Valley, I've been playing a bit of. I unlocked my greenhouse. I'm so excited about that. So now I can raise crops year round, which is super cool. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm making some headway on that community center. Uh, Steven, I said, I know that you said you only played like the first spring. Did you even get introduced to the community center? I did, yeah. The dilapidate. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, so I've got like three, I think three or four of the rooms I have completely, you know, done all the collections for. So yeah, I mean, it's cool. I yeah, I mean, I I, I really <laughs> like it, man. That game is rad. Yeah, it's super cool. But you said you keep restarting it, right? Yeah, I well, because I have a thing. <laughs> yeah, so the reason I keep restarting it is that I'm I am obsessed with the potential that I might do better. Um, and Mm -hmm. it's, it's so, and it's so easy to just delete it and start over, um, because it Mm -hmm. starts pretty quick. I mean, there really isn't much of a tutorial per se. I mean, they really just kind of throw you in there. Um, yeah. And so I really feel like, you know, oh man, I had a really crappy day nine. Let me just restart. You know, let me, Mm -hmm. let me, you know, do this correctly. Oh, I spent the wrong day fishing, you know, oh, I did this wrong. So I am, you know, so, and a lot of that is because I'm, you know, I I really enjoy that kind of stuff. Like, I really love micromanagement of systems in games. Mm -hmm. And so the idea of restarting a game, especially when I'm not super invested into it, like, if I had played, you know, like, one day into the winter or something, there's no way I would have restarted. But because I wasn't even outside of spring yet, I was just going to keep going. Um, And I, but that doesn't change my level of enjoyment of the game. Um, I still mm-hmm. think it's super great. I think they've done a great job. I haven't experienced all the systems yet, and I will by years, and I just have gotten distracted by other things. Yeah. Yeah. It's super cool. I'm still working on my Harvest Moon comparison piece, which will be done shortly. Although, husband's going to be out of town again next week, so <laughs> who knows how much time I'll have. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, I am still working on it. It will be published. <laughs> um, so, Stephen, uh, what else have you been playing? All right. You guys got to get ready for this. All right. So first, um, let's talk about Mighty Number no. 9. Uh-huh. Um, there's a review. It's up uh, as of today on EngageFamilyGaming.com. Um, I don't want to say it sucks, <laughs> but like it like it just sucks. north of it like just <laughs> it just north of sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's really bad. Too bad. It's just, uh, you know, I mean, here's the thing, right? I don't want to say it's even bad. Can I just say, I'm just so frustrated because it's not bad, but it's not good enough to actually be good. 
It's just there. Mm. Um, I yeah. What I think will be valuable about this game is not now. Like I really don't feel like this game was made for the now. I think this game was made to be speed run in two years when a community that mm. really loved, like I because visually I think it will look really cool with from a style perspective when it is being speed run. Now maybe I just have mm. games done quick on the mind. But it really feels like this just was not made to be played by n- nerds like me. I think this was meant to be played by nerds like them. Um, I bought it. Mm. My kids like it. And I know a few fans that, you know, there were a couple people that when I commented on my review, they're like, oh, man, we're enjoying it. And I'm like, hey, great. I'm glad you love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is just my take on it. It's just not all that great. Um, it's mm. 30 bucks. It'll probably be cheaper. I, I mean, if it was like 15, it would be worth it. It just doesn't feel like a, it just doesn't. Ugh. I mean, I got, I did, I did what I had to do to review it, and I didn't feel, I didn't feel good doing it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I know, I know, lots of people that were disappointed. Yeah, it's sad. So. It's sad. Um, now I'm not as angry about it as say like Colin Moriarty or like some of the other like hardcore Mega Man fans who like thought this was going to be yeah. like the return. Like I didn't expect that because the reality is, come on, man, Mega Man was lightning in a bottle. We're never going to get Mega Man back. Um, yeah. What I was hoping is that this would be a great opportunity to introduce my kids to Mega Man and then let them go back. Mm. And and what's interesting is this game was too hard to be an intro to Mega Man, but not hard enough to be a Mega Man game. And it just lacked a lot of soul. It just felt kind of like that. Which it felt like maybe they'll make enough money. The good news is they made their money to create the game from the Kickstarter and from some of the funds that they right. raised. So the game is not going to lose money. So my hope is yeah. that the interest garnered from this game will justify Deep Silver or someone else paying them to make another one. Because I think that it's possible that a sequel, it might be an Assassin's Creed 1 to Assassin's Creed 2 situation, where it's just going to be mm-hmm. strictly better, because um, there's definitely the bones there. There's a lot of potential. I like Beck as a character. I think he looks neat. He's just, his animations are kind of dumb. And the, the voice acting, like, it is the first game that I ever straight up switched to Japanese. Because <laughs> I hated the English voice actor so bad. I was like, nope, I'm just going to switch to Japanese so I can read subtitles. <laughs> I have never done that in my life. That was my cousin, uh, Peter, from uh, GameSpot's suggestion. He also did not like the game, um, and it just... So you couldn't just turn subtitles on? Oh, subtitles like, were on by English. default. Oh, okay, so why didn't you just turn it down? Why did you have to switch to Japanese? Because I kind of want... Be, why do you got to be difficult? <laughs> I was just saying. Because I decided to change it to Japanese. Okay. Possibly because I was preparing for the game that came later that week that I do want to talk about and was freaking amazing. Do you know what that game is, Nicole? Oh, I don't know what came out last week. <laughs> it wasn't last week. It, um, maybe it was last week. I'm not sure. Tokyo Mirage Sessions. Oh, Sharp right. F-E. F-E. Yes. Dude, this game is so good. It has no reason to be good. It has no right <laughs> to be good, um, but it's really freaking good. It's really good. Okay, here's the setup. It's a role-playing game where you play as basic... So, the story is that demons are trying to steal the essence of performance and artistic nature from people. It's called Performa. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So, <laughs> models, singers, 
cook, chefs, artists, etc., all have a lot more performa than the rest of us. So, for example, the three of us were writers. We would have performa, whereas mm-hmm. your average schlub would not have performa. Demons are coming to take the performa from us to do something. I haven't gotten far enough in the game to know what they're going to do with it. Um, <laughs> and so they're like legit, like stealing people and stealing their performa. And what you do is you play as these characters called, uh, that are special, that are Mirage Masters. And what they do is they link up with, I kid you not, characters from the Fire Emblem universe (laughs) who have no memories that are kind of like linked to you and they're Mirages. So you get to use their powers to fight these demons. And when you are fighting them, literally the battleground is a concert. Um, wow. It's so... Du- like, you think I'm high right now, don't you? Like, you're yeah. like, Steve, are you stoned? I do. Like, I do. Okay, you do. Okay, so... <laughs> so, well, you guys are from... Well, you guys are from Washington State. I mean, you probably have seen this happen. So, we, like, yeah, legit... Yeah. So, the... Um, we know what this looks like. We know what this looks yeah. like. Okay, so... <laughs> yeah. But here's what's... So, that... The, the story is super kooky. I mean, it's very anime. Um... With that said, I'm three hours in. As anime as it is, I'm three to four, I think maybe even five hours in. Only three really unnecessary boob jiggles, which is, for an anime game wow. is... That's good. That's, that's like A+. Plus. Um, <laughs> for unnecessary boob jiggles. So um, I love that you're keeping track of that, No, Steven. I did intentionally because I knew I was going to have to talk about it oh, at some point. Oh, okay. What do you think I am? That's what you're using... Your pencils I on know, your little right. notepad. Yeah. Check that out. No, I, <laughs> Boob jiggle number one. It, is, it, is, it bad, is, it, is it bad that I actually have space in my mind to, to remember the number? Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I am a dude. Anyway, so anyway, enough, enough talking about that. So the now let's so let, that's the story. and It's stupid. I mean, there's really no way around it. The story is dumb. Um, there's lots of cool J-pop and it's very interesting. Like that, that kind of neat. So there's two things about it that I, that really push it over the top. Number one, it's set in modern Japan, like Shibuya and all that. Mm. So you play like teenagers that like live in that time. So occasionally characters will send you text messages and the text mm-hmm. messages will appear on the gamepad. And oh, so you're okay. reading your text messages with your various characters on the gamepad. Now, by itself, you're like, well, whatever. I mean, that's not a big deal. But the reality is, while you're looking down at the gamepad, you have no idea what's happening on the main screen. Now, admittedly, usually nothing is really happening. But thematically, that's absolutely what is happening. The main character is looking at his phone, and he's not seeing the main screen. So from a theme standpoint, it's perfect execution. Now, mm. the battle system is insanely deep. and This is one of the reasons why I really like it. So... The reason they call it Tokyo Mirage Sessions is that it is Tokyo, there are mirages, and there are sessions. Now, the idea of a session is if there are three characters in the in the party that are attacking monsters, I will level up abilities, and each character will eventually learn things that will trigger off of other events in the battle. So, mm. so for example, the fir- there is a character who learns a move where she uses her spear to stab a guy if someone damages a monster with a lightning attack that is weak to lightning. Hmm. And you know their weaknesses right off the bat. So your main guy gets a lightning attack, and he's like, boom, how about my lightning sword? And then she sessions off of that. Hmm. 
And eventually characters learn sessions that they can use even if they're not in the active party. So it really becomes a lot of aligning all of your different moves and equipping everything correctly because you eventually get more moves that you know than you can equip it at one time. And it's all about kind of setting up for the fight and making it just look insane. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, and this is very clearly a game that has no problem punching you repeatedly in the face because because yeah. it is based on Shin Megami Tensei, which is a role-playing game that is not known for pulling its punches. Um, so mm. if you are weak to an attack, the enemies know it, they're going to attack you because you know everything about them, they know everything about you. Um, I am loving every second that I am allowed to play this game. Um, I say allowed because I know allowed is not a good word to use in marriage, but my wife actively disinterested in me playing this game when she's around. Um, so I have to wait. Um, my... My only vengeance was that my son decided to start up a level and play um, and started the opening hours of the role-playing game, you know, the one that's basically nonstop cutscenes during right. daycare hours while my wife was trapped in the room with him. Oh, no. That was pretty <laughs> awesome. That was pretty awesome. Thank you. Thank you, big guy. I appreciate it. <laughs> Family word. Uh, Linda, what have you been playing? Uh, I've been playing some Overwatch. Yeah. What? Oh. Yes. Did you follow any of my tips? Yes. Yeah. Nice. I, as well as I can. I mean, I'm not very wow. good, but but my son has been coaching me, which helps, and explaining all the things I don't understand. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Who's Who's your favorite character? I'm mostly just paying Lucio because I find him easy, easier than some of the other ones. I just have to stand there and heal people. That's all I have to do, basically. And hide. Right? So Yeah, pretty much. I love Lucio. He's the man. Yeah, and he's great. Yeah, it's fun. And everybody loves it when there's a Lucio on the team. Everybody loves it. When they see you pick Lucio, like, quietly, at least two of the other people are like, yes, there's a Lucio. Yeah. And then they watch me play and go, what? But anyway. They don't care. I'm getting better. Bad Lucio... Bad Lucio is better than a good many other characters. Yeah. Swear to God. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, that's a, yeah. that article on Remesh to explain that. That's that's a good entry-level character. So. That is a great yeah. article on Remesh. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Uh, anything else then, Linda? No, that's about it this week. Okay. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Thanks so much for listening. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, you can send those to hello at pixelkin.org. Linda and I are from Pixelkin. Pixelkin is a website about games for gamers with kids. We cover hardcore games all the way down to great apps for preschoolers, of which another one was just released recently. Toga Life Vacation. Check it out. I love the Toga Life series. Um, uh, But yeah, you can find us on Facebook, Simply Pixelkin. You can find us on Twitter at pixelkin underscore org. Steven, as mentioned at the top of the show, is editor and founder of Engage Family Gaming, and he is lots of places on the interwebs. Steven, where can we find you? Thanks, Nicole. So, uh, as said, I am the editor-in-chief of EngageFamilyGaming.com. That is a website on the internet focused on games specifically for children and for families to play together. Uh, I am also the host of another podcast. It is called Engage, a family gaming podcast. Nicole has been on it. Linda's going to be on it, and Nicole's going to be on it again. They just don't necessarily know it yet. Although I say this every week, so they probably do know it. Um, I'm just saying it. So as far as places you can find us, you can find us on Facebook. That is, if you search Engage Family Gaming, you can find us on Twitter. That is at EF 
Gaming, you probably know what the EF stand for. If you don't, find me on Facebook. Um, you can also, it's definitely a good idea to watch, to like us on Facebook, because that's where you'll see the EFG Evening News Update. That's every week, generally around 9 o'clock. I talk about everything that happened during the day, and I do a Q&A. It's awesome. We have a YouTube channel. It's cool. Most importantly, you should join engagedfamilygaming.com slash community. Join in on the fun. We are nearing 100 members. Nice. Yeah. Very, very cool. And it's party time over there at 100 members. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Well, thanks so much for listening, and we'll be back with you next week. Bye. Bye.